This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whoever it applies, which will be a Saturday edition. Um, we're just going to continue to march through here. Um, you know, we talked today, you know, Locked On as a whole. Um, if we feel there's a reason, you know, to, you know, maybe take a step aside or, you know, reduce episodes. It's certainly something we're going to do, but right now, look, everybody's in the same boat, you know, you're hopefully hunkered down. Um, and I hope everybody's hitting these words correctly. I mean, I, I tried to just make a couple of stops on the way home that I get, you know, a couple more essentials here to the house and people, I don't think understand exactly the magnitude or the, what self quarantine means. Um, you know, you're not the bars aren't supposed to be lit up the pizza restaurants are not supposed to be lit. guys everybody stay home stay the frick away from each other that's what the goal is here right now if you want this to get better if you want the powers that be to handle this the best thing to do is just stay home just stay home so let them get some more accuracy so the plans they can put in place at least can get an opportunity to succeed. Um, we're going to continue through here. Um, uh, I said, we're going to get to the defensive side of the ball here. We got to get you, you know, some free agency previews, the wink, wink, um, you know, early tampering period comes Monday, um, which actually started two weeks ago in Indianapolis. Um, of course, it's part of the combine. It's not just, you know, there and assessing players. Um, joining here this evening from SI.com, Pete Smith, obviously Browns Digest, you know, Pete's baby over there and it's him and his team just trying to continue here, just put out content and, you know, look, everybody needs their break in the day. And, you know, sometimes look, you need to keep your normalcy and what is the normal part of your day. And it's, you know, reading about your Browns, listening about your Browns, all that stuff. So we're going to you know, continue to do that for the foreseeable future, as long as it seems fit. Pete, of course, buddy, how you been? This is one actually I asked Eric uh, Edom last night. And just a general, Pete, this has got to be by far the weirdest year of draft coverage between the combine, obviously between now where it looks like po- pro days are going to be kaput, official visits are going to be kaput. This has got to be the strangest cycle of draft coverage you've ever been a part of. Yeah, the um, so the the – the, the not having pro days, which I think they're ultimately going to have to have in some form or another, and some schools are already sort of planning on it, like Alabama, um, that does a lot of damage, uh, especially to small school prospects, because they don't get a ton of exposure, and this is sort of one of their only ways to, to do it. So if you're, you know, if you're like Kyle Duggar or Jeremy Chin or, or some of these guys, and people watch your tape, uh, you know, it can be sort of hard to contextualize because they are, you know, what you're hoping to see is sort of a man against boys and you want to be able to see, uh, you know, what what is it like up close? I mean, getting a sense of, of what they can do. Um, combine that with the fact that you, you know, the combine medical recheck was canceled, uh, which, you know, obviously there's a bunch of players that were, you know, uh, left the combine to have surgery or were recovering from injuries or whatever. And all of this Tua. comes down to Tua to uh, Tagliavoa because he's all of the above. Uh, he you know, obviously has the hip that's doing well, uh, 
but you know, the Alabama right now has tentatively rescheduled to what was to be his, you know, pro day, which is obviously a big deal because he has to be able to sort of showcase that he's healthy and he can throw and all these things because he's potentially going to be the, you know, third pick in the draft. So, you know, that becomes like a major sticking point and, you know, how, how are teams going to evaluate if they don't have these things to go by? You know, Prince Tegawanoga was another guy who, uh, was was going to do his own sort of pro day late in the process. Uh, even Isaiah Simmons, I believe, is supposed to do some things uh, at pro day because he didn't do any positional drills yet. So there are a lot of people like that. LaVisca Chenault uh, ran the 40 and then had surgery on his pubic bone. Uh, so there's a lot of guys in this thing where in terms of uh, guys recovering from injuries or small school guys and you know you, you you know people can sort of laugh at this idea they they don't need this stuff but it may make teams more gun shy on some of those prospects and and you may see uh you know we'll see if, if what the impact is if this doesn't sort of change but are our teams more likely to stay with big school guys who don't have injury concerns or how do people sort of react and for the browns in particular you know, obviously, all of these changes would at least theoretically at, uh, provide an advantage for teams that sort of have stability because now you are potentially having to trust, you know, your area scout who maybe has, you know, 80% of the information on a player because they can't, you know, go visit them or whatever. They don't have the uh, pre-draft visits, at least for the moment. Um that may change how teams draft and at least in theory teams that have sort of been together and, and, you know, have more faith in each other are going to have a little bit of an advantage. So it just sort of adds uh, an element of, you know, mystery to this. Although I, you know, I'm also curious to see if, you know, teams come up with some creative ways to sort of figure this out. Like um, obviously, uh, you know, there I think last week, uh, Derek Brown sort of, you know, put out, you know, yep. a, a tape of him doing a, a sh shuttle or whatever. And I, you know, I, I understand there's some concern with th that type of thing, whether they're, you know, potentially speeding up the camera or, you know, not doing the 20 yards or 40 yards or whatever it is. But I'm sort of curious if there's a way to sort of do some of this stuff where, they can essentially have pro days or workouts or whatever, where they can sort of do it on video where they don't have to do it. But uh, my theory on this whole thing is uh, I think as much as, as people are sort of, you know, very reactionary, you know, the NBA and college basketball had such a big impact on this uh, with, uh, with, with uh, get guys, you know, getting sick. I think that had such an impact. I'm curious if they're not going to sort of, you know, take the two weeks, uh, which is essentially at the end of March, and all of a sudden decide, look, you know, I think we've done enough. You know, we figured out process to come to this, and then they sort of really quickly, you know, do a lot of these things uh, together or whatever in a way that they can sort of get evaluation to sort of make this situation uh, better for everybody. Yeah, I mean, look, maybe if they're even like dummy down where it's, you know, certain 
agent who's got six clients. My six clients are going to be working out April 4th, yada, yada, yada. They've been around each other now for two months because that's usually the way it works. You know, an agent has his camp of players, usually sends them to one specific training facility, that type of thing. Um, but there are interesting ones here. Um, you know, anybody who, you know, underclassmen who punted on the combine, and I'm just using Grant Delpit here as an example because he fits on this, an under, uh, you know, underclassman who didn't do the combine. Well, and there could LSU be a chance. in general punted on the combine. They yes. basically all said they were still. And most of them are underclassmen. Yeah. And where does that leave them now? And you look at Chin and Duggar, who who did everything to this point. And, you know, Senior Bowl went really well. And guess what? They went to Indy. And they really, really tested well. So, you know, it, you're going to get in a position, and you know, I don't think Grant Delpit, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't think Delpit's going to get drafted after either one of those guys. But still, and but here's the bottom line of it, Pete, is, you know, fr- you know owners, and they're not going to say, oh, well, you know, and some of these regimes that are, you know, take the Bears, for example. If they don't draft well here this year, guess what? Some guys are in trouble. Heads are going to roll. And nobody's going to care that, you know, you drafted this year and di- didn't have all the information and weren't able to have the, all the liberties you've had in years past. And it's it's tough. It's the nature of the beast. But you know, nobody's going to, you know, at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses. And you end up with a couple of bad picks and your team either regresses or stays the same. Heads are still going to roll the same. Nobody gives a crap about that. Yeah, so, yeah, again, it's just a bunch of sort of moving targets on unknowns that, that normally don't happen. And that's on top of the fact that the combine was, you know, not done well. And, you know, some of these... It was literally upside down. It just looks awful uh, in terms of some of the data. And, you know, either either guys did it and it didn't go well or uh, didn't do it and seemingly aren't going to do it. Like Tyler Johnson may be sitting there looking around going, is, is anybody going to notice if I never run? Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's just a lot of sort of holes to fill. And, you know, technology can play a role in this. You know, our guys, our, our, our team's going to try to, like, you know, come up with ways to sort of, you know, frame by frame uh, stuff on tape or, or stuff like that. Who knows? But uh, it, it just creates a lot of, Confusion. At the same time, there's, you know, the possibility is that we're going to get through this whole process and, and a lot of teams are going to potentially decide that a lot of this stuff is sort of unnecessary and they don't really need to do it. I, I tend to doubt that, but um, yeah, it's a lot of interesting wrinkles. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, cause we used to joke for years, like you can't run from things from ever. Eventually we're going to need a 40 time. Oh, this might be the draft cycle where you literally can literally run away from this and hide forever. And Tyler Johnson is going to say, no, 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 next-gen stats One had once had me at 20.9 miles per hour. We're not picking on Tyler Johnson, by all means. Take him. If it's going to mean day three, all the more better with that. Uh, we're going to get to uh, some free agent defensive line preview. That got a little bit deeper here today, starting to get some more names as far as what's going to be available. If it's next week, we'll see how it plays out. Obviously, you know, day by day with kind of like everything in the world here, obviously with the NFL included. Uh, Jeff Floyd, Pete Smith. Locked on Browns. Um, the girls dropped a little late this week. That's what B said. Came out today. Fantastic as always. Um, just uniqueness. Um, that, that's one of the best things I can think is because for most of the sports podcasting world, 
it's probably pretty male dominated. Um, the girls are just, when they get together, they hum well, in sync well. Um, and there's times where you literally got to hit pause for a second and be careful driving, listening to that's what B said, because, you know, there's times where you got to make sure, you know, 10 and 2, and uh, because there's times where you're just going to absolutely bust it. That's what B said. Spotify, iTunes, check out the girls. They do a fantastic job. Uh, Pete, now, obviously, you know, and we knew this and we had talked about this. Minnesota was going to be able to you know, basically throw some logs onto the fire as far as free agency. Linvel Joseph today, Xavier Rhodes. Guys, if you haven't done your homework on Xavier Rhodes, not the same Xavier Rhodes from in years past. Not that I'm necessarily sure that's a cornerback the Browns are in the market for. Linvel Joseph's interesting, Pete. But, you know, we've talked about this. It, it appears at least the parameters of the picture they're painting for us are it's going to be – guys that can get after the quarterback, guys that can blow up the run, and guys that can cover and the linebackers essentially is going to fall however it may may how you know however it falls. Um A, congratulations Mac Wilson, um fifth round pick, you play almost the entire season. You get a whole big nice chunk of change. I think 400 400k in change. And to the Showberts, um and you, you want to talk about with all that's going on in the world right now as far as Joe with his contract and obviously with you know the whole coronavirus thing and then you bring a baby into this world on friday the 13th uh showberts yeah they do it a little bit different you know god bless with everything with that and you know oh you know best wishes and you know obviously hope everybody's you know fantastic and healthy um but getting to this d-line here this is it's looking finally that maybe somebody's listening to us over there because we've been harping on this crying about it for years um get good functional pieces and you know it seems that this is if you let if you let Kirko go and you're not comfortable paying Joe you know market value it seems it's going to go this way you need some big uglies and Pete I know you love the phrase of you know fat people who can move and destroy things in front of them are good assets sure Uh, I mean and that's you know that's sort of the big the, the big thing if if they are saying that they aren't going to pay, you know, linebackers, and that's not just Schobert, and they're just saying linebackers as a whole, then, you know, theoretically they're saying we're gonna they're gonna put more money into the defensive line. So um, I don't think that means they're gonna go, you know, hog wild on you know spending money. Like I don't think Yannick and Gakwe is in in in, in the cards there, but. No. Um, they they are, can at least be a little bit more uh, aggressive attacking the defensive line, and I don't think they're going to get sort of you know the the you know super premier players, but I think they they can sort of play on that second tier level and maybe get some guys to sort sort of strengthen their defensive line and uh, make it so their their linebackers aren't. So, you know, our, our less important can function better without needing as much money invested. At least that seems to be the, the bet the Browns are making. All right, Pete. So with Linvel Joseph, obviously, and we've talked about some of these other names, what do you do here? I mean, are you looking to D tackles? Um, edge rusher is going to be difficult just due to the fact that it's – there's not a lot of them. It's It's not – you know, a big draft class coming here as far as the, I mean, if you want to talk edge, it's, it's a, it's a dull edge class. Um, in, I'm, 
I'm assuming the longer this goes, the better this plays for Olivier Vernon, um, which I, I just don't see, you know, whether you like him or not, I just don't see how you move on without him because at least he's functional. You know what he's going to bring you. And the thing is, he's not just a pass rusher. Um, he's an assignment-driven player and does that to the T. Some names here, Pete. What could fit? What could work? Well, I think Linval Joseph is a good place to start. Um, you know, he's, I think, 30, 30 or 31. Um, he's still very effective. Obviously, he knows Stefanski uh, and those guys. And I think he'd be a very good uh, player to add with Larry Ogunjobi and Sheldon Richardson that they can sort of plug up the middle effectively, sort of understands what to do uh, from that end. But the the guy that sort of jumps out at me um, for free agents is, is Shaq Lawson of the Buffalo Bills, uh, who's going to be a free agent because the Bills are haven't done anything with him, and they are at least making noises like they're going to go after a bigger game, like they may try to go after Ngakwe. Um, so if that's the case, um, I think a, a, a player like Shaq Lawson isn't going to be in that super wealthy range. Um, he had a, a, a good 2018 season. He had like six and a half sacks and like 13 tackles for loss. He wasn't, uh, you know, they're, they're one of their starters, obviously a, a you know, a, a big part of their rotation, but, um, and, and it was a contract year. So there's a little bit of a risk with that. Um, he came into the league a little slower because he he, he came in with the torn labrum. Uh, despite despite that, the Bills took him in the first round. He fits uh, what the Browns seemingly want to do. He could play in a you know stand up. He can play with the, his hand on the in the dirt. But it, you know I've seen projections sort of like around six and a half million uh, in that area. Let's say it's you know closer to eight. Um, if you sign him. You don't, you know, it doesn't have, it, it doesn't necessarily have any impact on Olivier Vernon. So if you keep Olivier Vernon, Shaq Lawson's your, you know, your third rusher for a year. If you get rid of Olivier Vernon, um, then Shaq Lawson can start and you can look to the draft to get help. But, uh, you know, they can't realistically pay, you know, premium dollars to two defensive ends and, and they're already paying Sheldon Richardson. They're going to have to pay Miles Garrett. So just in terms of like adding a, and if a pass rusher who's on the younger side, he's good, he's 26. Uh, they can sort of come in and potentially have his prime years here. That's sort of the guy I'm looking at. Uh, and, and I agree with you. I mean, we've mentioned you know where Lindenville Joseph falls in is it, it, is it's the big body guy um, because Sheldon Richardson and Larry Ogunjobi. It sounds great in theory. But they're both essentially the same guy. You know, they're you know they're penetrating defensive tackles who can make plays. You kind of want that, you know, that two man consumer. Linvel can do these type of things, and that is one thing you can find some of those guys on day three. But if you can pound one of those needs out now, that's all the more better. And you know, they're obviously the way they're handling some of this. I believe they have some faith in the fact that they think they're going to be able to do some damage in free agency. I hope they can. Um, the questions, you know, I, I have some doubts about it as far as, you know, first time GM, first time head coach. You guys know I've said this at, you know, a ton. Uh, so it, it's not necessarily, I mean, you're not going big game hunting. You are going safe, smart hunting. I mean, the big game would be the Anthony Harris's of the world. 
Um, and I know everybody keeps going back to Balaga. It's not a question so much on the player. Um, it is on the age. It is on the health a little bit. And the other thing is, guys, it's always a connection thing. So, I mean, these people usually travel to, you know, where they know, where, where they are probably going to feel comfortable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you can Shaq Lawson, which is – Pete, it's interesting because I know a couple of years ago, Pete was not talking so well about Mr. Shaq Lawson. Well, he didn't kind do anything you too, the first couple of years. Yeah, I mean, he, he was hurt. You know, he, he missed a bunch of time, and it took him a while to adjust. And like I said, this was his first, like, good year. So there is a risk with that. I mean, it's a contract year. If you're going to show up now, you know, it's got to happen. But at the same time, you know, you're a first-round pick, and presumably – you know, the Bills aren't keeping him. So it's not exactly a great situation for them. But, you know, this is why you're trying to get him on the second contract as opposed to the first one. It makes sense. And, you know, I mean, you go small, simple, whether it's, you know, three years, 18 million, 10 guaranteed type of thing where, you know, you're basically covering year one and you take it from there, which gives you – and the thing is, is, and maybe you can't ideally find – Miles is running mate, which you might not be able to get, you know, in years past, you could have gotten a third, fourth round pass rusher and said, this would have been good, good enough. I, I don't know if that exists in this year, in this draft class. So it, it makes for an interesting one. And, you know, God knows I saw a bunch of Shaq Lawson back in the day and creating some havoc against the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, we'll get to some listener questions here. Uh, there's kind of like your D-line preview, what we're going to look into. Uh, obviously tomorrow somehow some way we'll get to your linebackers secondary obviously safeties or needs we're gonna get this all up you know and out for you hopefully you know we'll have it up by monday and we'll hear more no more obviously the cba vote tomorrow uh there's supposed to be some rumors maybe about where the nfl is going to be on sunday the thing with that is, is weekends are slow um we'll see the way information rolls in on everything else and maybe maybe they pull the plug a little bit but i mean Peter, are you agreement on this? Is it necessarily – I mean, does the NFL really, I mean, have to pull the plug on this as far as the way they have their offseason set up? I mean, because a lot of this is done already. A lot of it's going to be done through texts and, and phone calls. And, I mean, I guess it's more of the – where the state of – Obviously, the situation that's going on here is that's probably the big thing because, again, you don't want to be, you know, throwing out $70 million contracts where, you know, people are just, you know, starving, sick, and things of that nature. Um, no, they don't really have to. I mean, they can. But, and the decision ultimately may come down to whether or not the CBA is passed. Um, I think if the players vote for it, then they'll probably just run a league year and not mess with it. If they don't, maybe they will think to, to switch it. But realistically, it doesn't matter. I mean, it certainly feels better for both parties uh, when you're in the building and you're able to, you know, get the physical done and, and, and sign the contract as opposed to, you know, in principle where, you know, either side can sort of pull out of the agreement uh, or, you know, any any sort of, shadiness can go on with that but other than that i mean it really doesn't matter and i mean here's the thing like 
everybody's talking about don't travel, but like, you know, I'm not singling him out because he's bad or wrong, but like Chris Kirk, she's been to three teams in the last three days. Um, yep. So it, it's not as if um, it seems to be the end of the world. And realistically, it's not going to the facilities. That's not the issue. It's airports. And that's what they're trying to avoid. Um, that, you know, that to me, I, like all these teams have sort of sent their, their employees to work from home or whatever they can. I don't know how much that needed to happen just because they aren't like, you know, that full that there's people falling all over each other. I mean, it's nice and all, but, um, and that they're part, definitely I, six feet away from each other. <laughs> yeah. It, it just doesn't feel like it's a huge, you know, need to do that. doesn't mean it's, you know, wrong or anything, but I, I think, um, you know, short of anything weird happening with the CBA, I, I don't see any reason they need to move it back. If all else fails, I mean, they it's, it, the teams can sort of hang out and not sign anybody real fast. It's not like they have to, but I don't think there's any real reason uh, to, to to hang back. And, and if nothing else, unless they're planning on moving the draft back, then they sort of need to get this stuff figured out quickly so they aren't you know, playing catch up with that. They want to be able to sort of get their ducks in a row so they can plan on, on what they, they will and won't have. Yep. And of course, you know, obviously it's, it's a day by day procedure, but I mean, the contact and how this is all done and, you know, yeah. I mean, if, if you want to wait till post draft and or whatever, and, you know, maybe till May and, you know, here's the first picture of the guy in the ball cap, yada, 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 it's fine. Um, and you know, maybe do you make it smaller and you know obviously without the hubbub essentially because obviously some things are going to take precedence over it. it's understandable uh, just you know it, it it can be done um look the nfl i mean they are never hurting for money so if it's done with less flair uh you know maybe it looks good on their part we'll see here uh parrel zabo um brian zabo and his family um, big fans of them. Uh, I love, I, I love my talks with Brian. We talk a lot. A lot of it is about life in general. Um, but the apparel, uh, it comes from the heart. They are diehard Cleveland Browns fans, Brian and his brother. They travel to away games. Um, it's done an appreciation of games, of players, situations, uh, ZaboApparel.com, S-Z-A-B-O, at ZaboApparel, on Twitter, at ZaboApparel, on Instagram. Go ahead, check him out. Big fans uh, and uh, great relationship with the folks over at Zabo. Start getting through here. Some listener questions here. Uh, Paul Spencer, I mean, we, we just hit yours here. So thanks for that, for that little uh, innovation here for this one. Um, Dino, uh, thoughts on Cordy Glenn. Obviously, we covered Lynn Bell Joseph and Delaney Walker. Um, for me, uh, Delaney Walker, look. That's the tight end we have in spades already in Cleveland. We have a bunch of these guys, and we've mentioned this before. It's going to be hard to find. You're looking for that Kyle Rudolph type. That's going to be really difficult to find this offseason. Um, we'll let Pete get to this too. Cordy Glenn, I mean, yeah, maybe if it was like dirt cheap, but I mean, you know, yes, things were bad last year, Pete, but I mean, we, you know, looking at, you know, pick the scraps off of what the Bengals are throwing on the curb. Well, it's just not a good fit from a system standpoint. I mean, Cordy Glenn is a gap guy. And, uh, you know, I think he's a good player, although last year was sort of a mess for him 
and the Bengals, you you know, there was issues with, uh, you know, medical stuff and, and then like fining him uh, a, bunch, a bunch of stuff for, you know, things basically he thought or believed, uh, his side believed that were, you know, perfectly reasonable to miss or whatever. Um, he just, it's just not a great fit. I, I think he can be fine for a team. I think he's, a, he, he has been a very good player. I just don't know that uh, uh, it makes any sense here. Delaney Walker's 35. He's played eight games the last two seasons, which I, I don't know if there's another season in there, but it certainly doesn't make much sense for it to be with the Browns. Um, Delaney Walker reeks of a guy who, doesn't sign to like October until somebody needs somebody and says, you know what, we need a tight end that can run some junk routes and you'll know, get us some yards here and there. That's what Delaney Walker sounds like to me. Um, at Devo Pro, um, with the Vikings shredding tons of salary cap, and look, they were in hell already. So don't, I don't think they've done themselves many favors. Um, I'm assuming his here point is lining up to whether or not they are going to keep Anthony Harris. I don't see them Pete in any way able to pay two safeties big big money. Um but still there's other options. Um you know Trey Boston would not be terrible, but of course a lot of this comes down to what they think and how they view Sheldrick Redwine, how they handle their couple of in-house free agents and obviously Eric Murray, Justin Burris and even Randall whose name is colder than cold right now. Uh so you know, the Vikings shed about 18 million, 18 and a half million worth of cap between Xavier Rhodes and Linville Joseph. Um, the problem is they were over by, I think, a million and a half before they did anything. Yep. And at least right now, they don't have any of their top three corners on, on their roster. So theoretically, they can make a run for Anthony Harris, but the money they've sort of created doesn't account for their rookie pool and it doesn't account for any other signings they're going to make. So it also doesn't account for going to pay, unless they're going to Dalvin pay cooks also in year three or four. So, I mean, you know, you're getting to the point where whether or not you're going to consider whether or not you're giving him money and he's a pretty integral part of what they do. Yeah. So, I mean, could they be in play in play for Anthony Harris? Sure. Is it likely they're going to be able to keep him? No. And I don't think, he uh, is really expecting it. And obviously he's going to hit the market. You know, they've got some other moves they can make. Uh, but, and at some point, I, I still think they're going to try to re-sign Everson Griffin cheaper than they let him go. But they, they they have to fill a bunch of holes. They have to sort of move on from some of these things. And, and as much as they'd probably love to keep Anthony Harris, uh, I, I, I don't think they have much option. It's just, they they're going to have to they have a bunch of big decisions to make and that's why you know the whole keeping Mike Zimmer thing was a little confusing and I don't know not that he's necessarily a bad coach but it's just sort of like this thing's going to be taking a turn here quickly and they have to sort of win now or they may be losing more of these guys but they're sort of going to have to not rebuild but sort of retool quickly uh they're basically their entire secondary yeah, uh, the Vikings are just so weird. I mean, this this has all the makings where it's lined up for let's just go one more shot at it. And if they don't, and I mean, look, they're still looking up at Green Bay, um, who's obviously, you know, got a, you know, 
stuff to work with and they got money to work with and things of that nature. It really looks like, you know, Minnesota saying, you know, can we make the playoffs and make a run? And then realizing that this is probably all over. Um, Patrick Mulan, um, Jimmy Ward in this name keeps coming up and I gotta be honest, Pete, uh, I ain't in the market for like 190 pounds safety. Um, yeah, Jimmy Ward is just, if you're going to tell me it's Jimmy Ward, where obviously there's going to be some good money involved or Sheldrick Redwine is your free safety. Uh, I'll roll with Sheldrick Redwine in whatever you drafted. Well, Sheldrick, I mean, uh, Jimmy Ward is not even a free safety. He's a strong safety for what they're doing. And I have, uh, I'm, I'm interested in guys like Carl Joseph, uh, who's going to be hitting the market from the Raiders, who's, you know, similar situation to Shaq Lawson. First-round pick, didn't hit the ground running, actually played fairly well this past year, but for whatever reason, they don't seem to have any intention of keeping him. Uh, they could also go the Von Bell route. But, no, Jimmy and Jimmy Ward's sneaky old. There's a bunch of these free agents which make us – are going to make you and I feel old. Jimmy Ward's 29, working <laughs> out 30, and Deion Jordan is 30 years old. Mm. Uh, those are the guys you want to be paying absolutely not no way whatsoever we're going to close it here with this question here uh brandon let me just say here brandon yadan i hope i pronounced it correctly uh lynn bowden jr obviously ohio native um pete the thing i like about him is it you know you always want that guy whether it's on offense or defense kind of like why we like eric murray um, kind of even like why we kind of like Burris is you like a guy on either side of the ball or even special teams where special teams wise where you can say, well, he does a little bit of everything. It's always nice to have a toolsy, toolsy guy, utility guy, and you can find a way, whether it's run the ball, whether it's, you know, using him in various ways to pass a game, or even if every now and then you want to throw out a wildcat look once every six, seven weeks. This kid brings a little bit of everything to the play uh, to the plate. Um, competitor, he was you know the best player on a poor Kentucky team after Benny Snell and Je- Josh Allen left. He's fun, and I think it's something because it, as far as being labeled a wide receiver in this draft class, I think he's in a tough spot because it is such a deep group. But when you look at him as utility ish, and he can do a bunch of different things. It, it brings some value to him. Sure. The problem that's going for Lynn Bowden is that Antonio Gibson exists. And he's in the same boat, but way more athletic. Uh, and doesn't have some at least questions off the field than Lynn Bowden has. But, I mean, Antonio Gibson's a big kid who played receiver and running back for Memphis who ran a 4-3, has a bunch of other athletic testing. And, you know, it's one of those things where – you you like those guys because of what they can do, but placing a value on that can be really delicate because like you take them too early and you know, they, they, they don't really have a home and they don't, you know, play well. And you sort of end up with that Cordero Patterson guy, which makes, which is better in theory than it is in reality. Uh, meanwhile, you, you, you get these guys at a good value and suddenly, you know, let's say you get one of these guys in like the, fourth or fifth round and they're able to come in and immediately produce for you and add that element to your offense it it, it becomes like a a huge boost for you so again it really comes down to valuation on this and it's really difficult to sort of do those things with with these guys at different positions 
and, and from, you know, the way I look at it with production, you know, how do you sort of do that? It, it's very difficult to sort of, sort of figure out where you want to take that guy relative to guys who have a, tr- a truer position, so to speak. And as everybody knows, uh, Pete's kind of fell on, fallen in love with the Memphis program over the last couple of years. So I'm assuming that means, you know, he's now a big Florida State guy. I, I, again, I don't know what to do with him. No, if you want guys I love, go watch Michael Pittman from USC. That kid's the, that kid's the truth. And it's a nice fit as far as, you know, size and what he does. And, yeah, it's a nice fit to the two he's that are built like a here. linebacker, and he's faster than all the linebackers. His film is incredible. Yes, and, uh, you know, best wishes to the Pittman family as uh, his father has mentioned that, you know, members of his family are dealing with this. Um, put a, uh, put this to bed here. Guys, everybody look out for each other. Um, whoever you live with or your neighborhood, whatever, get through it together. Everybody work through it. Make sure, you know, only way is everybody hand in hand trying to get through this together. Be smart. Be safe. Make sure you're checking out everything over at Browns Digest through SI.com. Make sure you're following uh, little bro at underscore Pete Smith underscore Pete Smith Boston is bought here. And it's really weird here. And part of the absence from Twitter is it's just not the time. I mean, it feels really weird to argue about a third round tackle right now with all else that is going on. Um, I can see it from Pete. I can see it from me. It's just, it's just, it's just not the time. It's just not the place. Um, you want to talk? Yeah, that's fine. But you know, we're going to, you know, to sit here and get into these wars with everything else that's going on. It's just, it's just not the time, just not the place. And it just, you know, kind of, it's just deflating, you know, obviously other things are bigger, more essential. The show itself at locked on Browns, all lowercase. Um, DMs are open questions for the show. Always a follow back account. And I try to do my best to communicate with you guys there. Um, you know, obviously I've got a lot going on here now. Everybody's got a lot going on here. So the time here is it, it's just a little more minimal here right now as we're all just trying to figure out what is the norm that we're all going through. Uh, me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, DMs are open over there. You know, again, anything you need, I'm, I do my best. I will continue to try to do that. For all, you're going to be here every day. I will try to be there for you guys in that respect. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.